cock-a-doodle-doo. We're back. I had to try to change it up a little bit. I couldn't help myself. I'm like, oh, do I do the cliche? No, not today, my friend. Cock-a-doodle-doo. We're back. We are the Media Masterminds. Welcome to another special episode. Today, I am and always will be your co-host, Betty Rose. And the one next to me on the other side of the world, which is really 20 minutes away, in the little virtual screen, Legend Pop. What's up, buddy? W N B C, W N B C. Oh, I swallowed. <laughs> that's what I. That's what came to my my mind uh, was private parts, and it was like blank a doodle do, blank a doodle do. What's it gonna be, guys? Gene, I've got cock. I've got a big cock here, written here. Cock doodle do. You ever seen Private Parts? I have. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> you don't seem too entertained by it. I, I, I don't. I, I've only watched it twice. So. Oh, you need to rewatch it. It's great. Yeah, movie. I know. The, the missus loves that movie too. So, Pink good box. reason. Where's it? Uh, where's it streaming? Since we discuss it all the time. <laughs> I <laughs> own it. I, 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 have, I have to spend money on it. It could be on Paramount Plus. It, I could. I can find out for you. Oh, we save that for another time. We can do that off the air. We got we got bigger pressing issues to talk about, my friend. Today, we are back to our top 10. We're doing it a little it different. It's on Prime Video and it's on uh, Paramount Plus. Cool. So I guess so I'll two, be watching two different that. Options. <laughs> there you go. Variety. Variety is the spice of life. So today, we are doing our top 10. We are visiting horror once again because horror seems to be a theme that we tend to come back to, something we both love, and it seems like the listeners enjoy it as well. But we are dump- we are jumping into another era. We're going into the early 2000s. So we're going to be discussing from 2000 to 2009. Tough, you know, when you when you jump at that many years, you remember you forget, you know, you might miss a movie, so there is a good chance if you don't hear something that you might like, we might like it too and Maybe just slipped our mind. We did a little bit of the research to, you know, kind of get our memories going. And we've come with our list. We are going to dive a little more into our top five. And then we'll kind of discuss a little bit on uh, the other five, not necessarily our least. Um, but, yeah, we'll get that started. Mr. Pop, you got anything for us before we get started? Before we get started, no, I don't. Uh uh, this list is was tough shut for up me. and do it. Shut up and do it. <laughs> this list was tougher for me, I think, than you. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that this is where I started watching a lot more horror movies. You know, becoming an adult, and uh, some of these movies in my honorable mentions can probably end up being in my top ten, and depends on how I feel with the day of the week. So I have a few honorable mentions, and then I have a top ten. Okay, cool. Um. I'll just bring up, you know, when we were first doing this list, unfortunately, I did not clarify to find out um, that we were doing those specific years. So my list was a little larger and had some stuff um, more in the later 2000s. But potentially, you know, if the interest is there, we can always visit that uh, that other half of the uh, decade. And, you know, there's some the great next, movies in there. It would be the next decade. It wouldn't be the other half of the decade. Well, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> Wait, are you finished? Because I'm finished. Can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. 
with that said, you want to start with your list? Yeah, I'll rattle off my honorable mentions first and see if you have any thoughts on any of these. So sure. I have I have a few. So I have Slither, which was uh, James Gunn's first movie. This was actually on my list, and I ended up moving it, switching it with something else for honorable mention. Uh, this is there's a couple here that are I think we've discussed that are potentially borderline. Are they horror? Are they not horror? So we spoke before we came on the air, Shaun of the Dead. Is it horror? I've had the same discussion with Julie. It's a zombie movie with a lot of gore in it. It is a comedy, but dare I say it has a lot of gore, a lot more gore than some other movies that are classified as horror movies, hence Beetlejuice in a previous episode. Uh, Snakes on a Plane, do you consider that horror? I don't know. I just, I knew it was going to be on your list. I don't know. There's something, something told it's me. It's not on my list. It's not on my list. It's honorable but, mention. Uh, it's still part of your list. Uh, okay. 1408. Did you ever see 1408? I have. Good movie. That's a good, good, good film. And I don't do not like John Cusack at all. So for me to even put that in honorable mention, it's a good film. Stephen King adaptation, potentially for a future Stephen King adaptation sort of episode. Maybe revisit that. And then there's another one that is it a horror movie? Cloverfield. I don't know. Is that it's a monster movie? It was. It was my honorable mention. Believe it or not. So. Oh, okay. So I, I had we're one. on the same page with that. Yeah, yeah I, I love Cloverfield, but it doesn't feel like a horror movie to me. Or it would be on my list if it if yeah. it did. It's a unique like thriller suspense. I mean, yeah. I feel like the reason it has that horror is because of that POV perspective, like Blair Witch. You know, more so than anything. And I'm I'm a big Blair Witch guy, so you know, hopefully we go to '90s. We could definitely talk that up, but. No, the, I think that's. I think those are I'm all the worthwhile. Opposite. I hate, hate that movie. That movie. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, you know, it always connects back to personal memories, so we could save that for another show. But yeah, that that could be a good discussion. Okay. So, so do you, do you want to go with your first, or you want me to go? Even yeah, I, I can I can get it started. That's cool. So, um, again, so many movies to choose from. So many movies that we like that, you know, can potentially the the genre can bend a little bit. And, you know, I tried to stick more in the focus of the, the horror, like the true horror, not the subgenres in a sense. Um, so my first one will be 30 Days a Night. 30 Days a Night was uh, a movie that, you know, I knew a little bit about it going in and uh, it, it has a lot of potential. It's a, it's a weird, um, cause I didn't know much about like the whole thing with Alaska. Like, you know, what happens is that they, they have darkness for an extended period of time. And, um, you know, I knew it was a, a vampire movie going in, but you know, it, it looked great. It had some pretty good effects, some gore that, um, you know, as far as deaths, they were a little unique, uh, for the time. And uh, I liked the, you know, as open as the area is, it felt a little claustrophobic because of this town being away from everything, you know, in a sense, there's nowhere for them to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I, re- I definitely remember seeing like a movie like that in the theater. And, you know, it, it's a movie I haven't seen in a while, but I remember thoroughly enjoying it. Okay. How about you, my friend? I have seen that, uh, 30 Days of Night. I did see it in the movie theater as well. 
Uh, not as crazy about it. I don't think I've rewatched it since. Maybe just scenes. It's okay. fine. It's fine. I'm not going to argue the point. It's not. It's not Ghostbusters two. I'm not going to argue the point with you. Uh, here we go. But uh, so my first, started. my first one is actually the title that was flipped from Slither. Uh, is based on a novel. Is American Psycho, starring Christian Bale. Really, his breakout uh, film. As uh, he plays Patrick Bateman, and uh, he's kind of like an invest, he's an investment banker, he's like a, a hipster, and he goes, uh, he goes on a little bit of a killing spree where he uh, sleeps with women that are some are prostitutes, some are other women, then <laughs> he's posing, and he he kills them gruesomely, kills just other people. Sometimes you don't know whether. The deaths are real or not? If they're in his imagination, he, you know he puts a, uh, I think it was a was it a cat into the ATM machine at one scene, and it, it's a it's a weird movie, and uh, it's got it's got some good soundtrack choices to it. You know Huey Lewis in the news, like Phil Collins, it's and he gives you like little bits of information about them about Susu Sudia and like he's dancing around and. There's like tarps covering his whole apartment and he's going to hit this guy in the head with a fucking axe. It's a weird movie. It's it's borderline horror. I, I would say it's not like what we would generally call horror, but it's it's a really good movie and it shows off Bale's acting chops when he's kind of like first really getting going. I mean, nothing, nothing better than seeing Batman kill Joker. Just saying. <laughs> That's true because Jared Leto is in, is in the movie. Willem Dafoe was in the movie also. Yes. So, Good movie. I, I've, I've only seen it once, but I do remember it. All right. Um, let's see. These are like, I, I think I mentioned before, I'll mention again, not really going in any particular order, but uh, I feel like some of these may not be, well, we already hit that trend with the first one, stuff that maybe you're a fan of. Um, I know that this one you haven't even seen. But we've we've discussed it before. Uh, this movie is called Dark Ride. So this is um, when I don't remember the company that came out with it, but there was like a company that made this horror festival that they would come out with like eight movies a year. You know, a bunch of different indie uh, directors, and they would have them in the theater. You'd go to the theater, watch the eight movies. Um, this was one of those from that first set of eight movies. And uh, Paul and I worked at at a retail location where we sold movies, and and I and I bought these movies, you know, and I started collecting them. And there's a lot of them I haven't seen to this day that I still have, but this was the first one that I ever opened, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it for what it was. It's not not the greatest movie, but it's a movie that's memorable to me um, because. It deal, deals with a horror theme that I felt would be considered cliche, but it wasn't done a lot at the time, which is um, kind of like one of those uh, carnivals, you know, that like not necessarily that's haunted, but somebody's killing in one of the rides, essentially. And that's that's really the premise of the movie. A bunch of kids break into uh, you know a carnival and start trying to go on the rides. And there's one of the dark rides, which are the traditional those are the scary rides of those carnivals. They'll usually have like the, the skeletons popping out and you're sitting in the little um, 
weird seat, you know, two seater, and it just kind of brings you through like, you know, coffins and all the weird stuff. But essentially there's like a murderer that like kind of lives in the ride and kills people and potentially makes them part of the ride. And uh, pretty, pretty decent little twist at the end, actually, for a movie that it couldn't, it didn't have to have it. You know what I mean? It could have just been a killer that they kill, but there's, there's connected tissue and um, yeah. So it's definitely one I felt it was worth uh, bringing up. Right. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, but it, the premise sounds good for it. And that was uh, released in 2016. It's not on anything streaming at the moment, unfortunately. Um, I have the old DVD. So like, I popped it released in. in released in 2016. Six. I'm sorry. I don't know why. It's <laughs> I'm like, yeah, breaking the rules. <laughs> I looked at the numbers. For some reason, that zero looked like a one. I'm losing it. The uh, my next movie might be on your list. It's, I knew the others weren't going to be on your list, but this is a 2004 movie that kind of like kickstarted uh, a new genre of horror and had countless sequels that are still coming out to this day and that is saw the very first saw movie which i was so hyped to see when it first came out the uh, uh person i was seeing at the time was also hyped to see it we ended up going to see it it was like it we were really uh we really really liked it i still like the first movie for what it's worth the acting isn't great in it but like it was really unique for its time the traps which now have been overplayed and they've done so many of these sequels and try to make this story so elaborate i enjoy these movies for what they're worth and i didn't put any sequels on this list so just this one film it kind of is my top horror pick of the movie and the series as a whole uh I, the, the movies do get progressively worse at but there are good good ones down the line that i still feel are watchable uh, some of you could probably skip along the way, but nothing beats the first one, the mystery of the first one, and I, I enjoyed it's the it. It's the seed that was planted. Yeah, and it, it is definitely in my list, and it was definitely my next one. So, oh. I won't say much about it. Um, I do like that. You know, obviously we're we're enough years in the series where there's not really spoiler territory, but right, uh, right. I, I like that the movies eventually took the time to connect to the first movie, which is really important. Yeah. Um, obviously they trail off after that, but uh, yeah, it was, it was gruesome. There was a lot of, a lot of, you know, shock value type stuff towards the end of the movie. And, you know, the, the, the music was very iconic for a long yeah. time so uh yeah I'm, I'm with you on that one yeah i mean it, it's it was like a a new slasher for the 2000s era different kind of spin on it like i said the traps and stuff like that kind of brought this uh gore porn sort of sort of horror movie stuff like hostile and all that came out kind of as, as a result of saw Right. So Agreed. It's it's history. The next movie, I think you probably have on your list, but a lot of people will probably argue with us that this doesn't belong on here. It's not very well liked. It's not very well received, but it's special to us because it is based on a video game. And this is 
2006's Silent Hill. Not sure if you have it on your list also. It was my next one. <laughs> I, you're going to have to go with your next pick after this then, so I'm not stealing all your, no, all it's your movies. Fine. It's fine. Um, we like this once in a while. <laughs> so si- Silent Hill, uh, I, I really I really like this film. It, it doesn't tell the exact story from a game. No, not at all. Does it give you a cool atmosphere that's close to the game? Yeah, at points. It does certain things right. Other things it doesn't really do right at all. It's better than the sequel that they, they did come out with down the line. I think the music is good because it has the same uh, composer from the video game. And uh, I think the story is pretty good. I, I like when the world changes and, and the way it handles things of being this mystery town. It makes you feel like the first game. I, I, I think you probably have a little bit more to say on it than I do, but it was on my list. It could probably be higher on my list, honestly. And people do not like the movie, but I, I do. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. And it's funny because uh, I know somebody that hates the movie. Somebody that we both know, funny enough. And it was always a running joke. I don't know if you remember that back in the days when like, it came out. Joe is not a fan. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, we know it's Joe not his like, kind of oh, movie. Yeah. Right. But, and he never played the games, so it's not really. But it's funny because I just remember the time he would take to, you know, oh, you like in this trash. Yeah. Well, know. he actually but, went to see it. That was that was the mistake right. we made, I think, yes. with that. Agreed. But no, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to love it. I wanted to like the second one because I felt that the second one took certain elements in the right direction and just didn't really execute it well by trying to connect a little more to the game. Um, being a fan of the original more than most of the other games i was looking for more of having that character be the focus point it's okay that it wasn't um having elements of one and two in there was great um having the siren in there like it's it's sometimes it's those little things you know being a being a fan of of something and seeing something you know try to pay homage to it in a sense without butchering it like some other movies like resident evil you know um i think they did a great job all things considering you know video game movies are usually not good yeah and uh it's enjoyable it's it's dark it's got the atmosphere the pyramid head uh head scene towards the end of the movie is fantastic you know just literally just tearing the woman's flesh off once one one swipe you know just awesome The, the bloody gore from that and uh yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that we both got it on there. All right, you can go again. No, don't no, worry. No, you're not no, stealing no. my thunder. We're going to switch. You're going to go. You're going to go with the next one. Oh, because you want me to break the mold. I got it. Yeah. Oh, you no. I mean, I can go next. I don't think you've seen my next pick. I I could be wrong, but I don't think you've, you've seen it. So Good. I insist. <laughs> my. Do you have any titles on your lists that are not in English? No. Okay. So you have you then my next pick is from Guillermo del Toro, one of my favorite directors from 2006. It is in Spanish. The movie is more of a dark fantasy, but I would consider it horror based on some of the things we see in the movie. It's Pan's Labyrinth. Fantastic movie. I don't think it is the best horror movie on my list. But it is a fantastic movie with horror elements. 
and I really couldn't could not exclude it from my list that the tons of practical effects in this and the creatures and stuff it, it's really a great movie a little girl who's, who's seeing these creatures and it's, uh, she's kind of caught in the middle between uh, at the end of the Spanish Civil War it's a really really great movie and, and Guillermo del Toro's you know his nuances and, and the way his directing style and has a lot of his feeling to this movie and the subtitles reading it, it aren't too much to deal with because a lot of the fantasy scenes don't really have that much dialogue in them so you're really only the the, the live action stuff with her mother and, and and stuff like and her stepfather is where you're really getting a lot of the reading and it's still not a whole lot so if you don't like reading i get it but it's not a, a totally it's narrative driven it's more narrative than many of the other movies on these lists but uh it's not it's not unbearable to read read the movie and i i highly highly recommend it it's a movie I forgot, you know, like didn't think to look for it because it didn't really come up in lists when researching. Yeah. I have seen it. I do enjoy it. I, I like his movies. I love his his uh, practical effects. His character designs are awesome. Um, you know, I love what he did with Hellboy, different movie, but, you know, just those those effects he's got, there's, they have his signature on them. Like, you know that you're yeah. watching a Del Toro movie at that time, so... Yeah, I remember seeing that like on a whim. Like uh, I didn't know much about it. And my dad, believe it or not, like, you know, he had came across, he's like, Oh, you gotta see it. He's like, It's in Spanish, but I'm like, All right, whatever. I watch anime, you know, so I'm used to watching subtitles, I don't mind. And it was good. Like you said, it's it's dark, it's got a nice claustrophobic atmosphere, you know, like this girl is kind of trapped in a sense, and you know, there's lot of weird elements you know the the monster with the eyes like i'll always remember that like that's when i think that movie that's the first thing i think of yeah that's um, one of the more iconic creatures in the movie but yeah no it's a good choice without a doubt now nope. i feel bad that i didn't find it on my list because <laughs> my my next movie is not gonna it's gonna be trash <laughs> trash compared to that. so i mean i mean we got to stick with tradition right so let's let's let me get the trash bag. Hold on. Let me bring in the trash and dump it on the floor. So my movie is a movie that isn't really well liked by a lot of people, and it's and, and, but it's in English. That's consistent <laughs> with uh, the movie so far that we fixed. And for some reason, it was remade. It's not that old. It was remade almost script for script with different actors and actresses don't know why makes no sense um this was an eli roth movie actually uh this was 2002 this is cabin fever i think this is well liked isn't it well liked i I didn't care for it but i don't know many people that liked it oh okay yeah like jess and jess and i really enjoyed that movie like we'll watch it a lot we've watched the sequels but like this is you know, we go back to that. There's a lot of jokes in there. It's it's the mix of horror and comedy. You know, you have like some of those scenes. It's very cliche. Um, you know, it's about five graduates go to rent the cabin and there's like some type of virus they come across and they start getting it one by one and they start, their skin starts falling off and like just you don't, it's not really like a murderer per se, you know, but it's 
it's something that's, you know, that they got out there and, you know, there's no way to get rid of it. It's just really bizarre it's out there. And the practical effects are pretty gory. You know, Eli Roth was um, kind of at his peak at that point, you know, after doing Hostel and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a movie that's very memorable for me. You know, I'm pretty sure I saw it in, in the theater. Um, but, yeah, so... They, they, like I said, there was the movie was remade like completely, Recently, like right? yeah, like within the last maybe six or seven years, and like I put it on, I'm like it's literally frame by frame, it's like the same movie, they just recasted it. It makes it's so bizarre. <laughs> and we probably a documentary down the line as to why they did that, right? I mean, you know, like 2016. So you had a movie from 2002 get remade in 2016. Yeah, a movie that wasn't even that popular in the first place. Exactly. So. <laughs> it was very weird. But uh, yeah, so that's that's my uh, lower of the five, if you will. Oh, that's your that's in your five already. I'm not even into my five. No, I'm saying that's that's the end of my. Oh, okay, five. that's the last. Yeah, so my next one is the last of my. Will be my number six pick essentially. Yeah. So this is an, an interesting one. I don't know uh, if people would expect this on here. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Many of these movies on this list I saw in the movie theater, which obviously Same is a here. difference from the from the 80s uh, at this point where adults and, you know, be able to go to movies whenever we like. Right. So this just makes it on the uh, cutoff scale. This is released in 2009. My film is a remake. So it somewhat ties to your last film of an 80s horror movie. And this came out during the uh, re-emergence of the 3D uh, genre, I guess you would say, and was in 3D. And it has 3D in the title of it is My Bloody Valentine 3D, which I really like this movie. I remember seeing it in the theater. The 3D effects looked great for the time they still look good and even if you don't have a 3d tv now it just adds to the cheese and kind of uh feeling of the movie because the movie doesn't really take itself super serious it's not goofy but it doesn't take itself all that serious also so the the 3d fucking pickaxe going towards the screen and the other bullshit kind of fits in still (laughs) So I, I don't know. I, I like this. I've never seen the original. So maybe I'd like the original more. Maybe, I have no ref, point of reference. But uh, I really enjoyed this movie. So it made my list. Just outside the top five, too. It made my list, too. <laughs> so funny. So really... A lot of duplicates on this list, see? Show it, show. We're right with that, everybody. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie I, would... I saw with Wait, just before... the theater. Before you get into it, before I like, I, I want you to talk about, it, especially since you're on your list, it'd be no, your number five, and I guess, or, or even higher up, I don't know. Yeah. But Joe and I recorded a best and worst episode that will air at a future date. Uh, no movie on our worst or best was duplicated. None of them, neither. First time. For anyone on this show, so uh, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean diversity, you know. Yeah, and I mean to to 
to build hype for the episode if you can for a show with as little listeners as we have. But uh, it's it's going to be Steven Spielberg, and I figured that would fall more into his wheelhouse than yours. Right. So makes sense. Uh, some of our honorable mentions do cross, but none of the listed titles for worst or best matched. So that, that's for a future episode. And I, I thought it was pretty incredible that neither had we didn't have any overlapping titles for that's for a director that yeah. we feel pretty similarly about. But right. Yeah, my bloody Valentine's three D. No. So that was yeah. This is a movie that I was able to see in the theater with. Uh, with my wife and with the 3d glasses, the gimmick and all. And uh, I did not see the original as well at that time, but I knew of it. I remember the, the mining killer. And uh, like, as a kid, I, I knew that that was like one of the slashers, you know, I liked that the movie connects to the original. So there is that story connection. Um, I never went back to watch it, unfortunately, but it was nice that similar to another horror movie, like the thing, you know, we talked about, where it pays that respect and it's not like a full on reboot, if you will. Um, you know, pretty good story. The the main character, you know, you don't know if he's crazy and all that other stuff. But uh yeah, it's another one that it stands the test of time, you know, despite the three D gimmick. You know, it, it's not as right. bad as uh Friday thirteenth three, three D, you know, but uh yeah, it has its moments and um it was a cool, you know, funny enough, it was a Valentine's date that we did, you know, we went to yeah. go see that because she's a big horror buff like me. So that's one of the things we used to connect to when we first started dating was we watched, we loved horror movies. So yeah, definitely worthwhile to, uh, to be on the list. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I, it, it, it just, just edged out my list, my, my top five of my list and looking over my top five, I don't know if I'd be able to squeeze it in. I don't know if I'd be able to take something out. I'm pretty secure in my top five. So let me start with number five, which may be on yours as well. Uh, I think it probably is. So this came out in 2003. And if you listen to any of our previous shows, you can kind of expect me to have this on here is another underrated movie in my opinion that rubbed people the wrong way and is very polarizing the audience it's a slasher it's something fans anticipated for a very long time it has Robert England in it drum, it drum, drum roll <laughs> it does not have Kane Hodder in it it is Freddy versus Jason and this belonged in my top five. It ended up falling to number five because it's not the best of either series, but it is very good. And it hit all the notes that I wanted it to hit when it came out. The soundtrack, Robert England's performance, his last performance as of recording uh, as Freddy Krueger. I, 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 uh, I, I like it. It's one of my favorite of the decade, obviously, and uh, I wish we got more than we did. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're once again uh, in the list together, Brothers Forever. Um, obviously, we've discussed this movie before as well, and yeah, there's a lot to love for it. You, uh, for those that remember, you know, I'm a big Jason guy. Paul's a big Freddy guy, so 
literally our worlds collide in, in a great way. It's something that, you know, as kids, fans of these franchises, we, as he said, we waited a long time. There was plenty of discussion in magazines, you know, speculating that something like this was going to happen years before it actually happened. And uh, to see it come to life was, was fantastic. Again, another movie I got to see in the theater with my wife, a lot of fun. She's a big Jason fan and she likes Freddy too. So it's a, a good mix. Um, disappointed Kane Hodder wasn't in the role, but when did you guys start dating? 2003. Oh, wow. Yeah. Literally the year I started working at the retail. <laughs> so I've known you as long as I've known her. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Because I, I met her working in that store. Funny enough. And you and you only gave me a hand job once. Uh, I guess <laughs> I guess I must have been drunk that day because I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought it, I thought it was a rim job. <laughs> I guess you got an extra. <laughs> Pay for that kind of action, huh? Oh, shit. So yeah, no, I mean it's it, it. There's only a couple movies left, and I I have a feeling that at least one to maybe two, possibly three, but we we will see if we're gonna match. <laughs> I think you should do the next thing. All right. So mine is a movie I know you like, and I don't know if it would be in your top. I feel like it might. So we'll see. Uh, This is 2004. This is a remake of a movie from the 80s that was done. We've got a theme here. (laughs) That was done by a director that has done. Movies we've discussed on the show plenty of times, and uh, not a movie everybody liked, but enough people did. It was great at the time. I was always skeptical of remakes, especially when the original is very widely loved by a lot of people, including myself. I know what movie this is. Yeah, I don't have to get into it because I'm sure it's on your (laughs) list, right? And this is Dawn of the It might be on my list. I'm not going to disclose whether it is or is So, yeah, this is a movie by Zack Snyder uh, of our lovely DC Universe fame now uh, for our Justice League. Um, Before that, he was making a horror movie and uh, it was its own. It was his own take of that original movie. Not not the same, you know, similarities. You know, we have the mall and stuff like that. So there are um, comparisons, but obviously taken in a modern modern day and uh, you know a bunch of random people that are trying to survive but this was also one of those early introductions to running zombies right which was a big thing because the word zombies and running never went together until this movie yeah. and that movie starts tense you know that that scene with the mother and the kid and the house and then the neighborhood, it's something that has been kind of cliched and reused over the years. And just it's it's an incredible movie when you think about it for what it is. It, it changed the genre in a, in a lot of ways um, because it, it kind of expanded that zombies can be terrifying in a different way. You know, a zombie was always scary. You think about Night of the Living Dead. You don't want a bunch of people, you know, dragging their yeah. ass towards you. You right, know, but they were slow and brooding, whereas this, they're, they're fucking yeah. all out. They're going to eat. My fat ass is dead. 
That's it. (laughs) There's no other way of putting it. So definitely deserves to be up there. I will neither confirm nor deny it's on my list. We'll have to find out the rest of the show. You piece of shit. It is not my next title, so I will say that at least. Uh, My next film may be a little bit of a cheat. So my next film was released in pairing with another film. So when you went to see it at the movie theater, it was a two-film double feature. And it had fake trailers in between it. So the next film is Robert Rodriguez, Planet Terror, which was part of Grindhouse with Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. I think Planet Terror is the superior movie. I happen, I I like both directors, obviously, but this felt like a horror movie more so to me. There's uh, chemicals and zombie creatures and the effects. It's very 80s, very over the top grindhousey i mean if you want to call that the genre of movie uh, rose mcgowan loses her leg and you know has a gun on her leg it's like it's like just fucking out there over the top yeah yeah way over the top bruce willis is in it quentin tarantino's actually in it briefly and he's got shit dripping from his balls and, and like it's just fucking it's so out there it's such a fun ride if you like horror movies too. And I would, st- I would recommend if you've never seen it before, both of these grindhouse movies, you've never seen it before. Both of these grindhouse movies, uh, they have released them separately in extended format. I would watch the extended version first. And if you do like it, then watch the grindhouse actual theatrical version which has both movies and they're a little bit shorter. Uh, that's the way I would recommend to watch it. But I can't believe you've never seen it before. No. The problem with it is that it's stuck in, uh, I, I believe Miramax put it out, which was that douchebag Harvey Weinstein. Yep. So it's kind of, it, it's Dimension Films, which is still associated with uh, Weinstein. Uh, it's kind of stuck in that limbo that I don't think it's on any streaming services. So if you wanted to, you'd have to buy it. On I feel Hulu like I or it. It makes it even worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you own it, this is one to watch. It, it is infinitely better than Death Proof, in my opinion, also. That and I like, Tar- I like Tarantino. And that's probably Tarantino's second worst because I hated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But let's not dive into that at, at this point in time. But Planet Terror is awesome. This is a movie that could definitely move around on my list. And uh, for a guy like you, that likes so much of the 80s and the and the, uh, the exploita- exploitation of it. And it's got the, the grain filter in the movie and there's like film reels missing and it's, stuff gets cut out. It plays so heavy into that, almost to a point that it, it's a parody of itself. Right. It's, it's, it's really it just, great. It movie just got lost. Out. I think it just got lost in the, in the laundry list of movies that I that I own yeah. and never got to. You know, it's one of those, like you said, if you don't see it on digital, you potentially forget about it. You know, yeah. obviously I've seen Machete, so that's a little different, but. Yeah, know. well, that is one of the fake trailers right. that was attached to Grindhouse, which is, is part of the fun of watching the Grindhouse full theatrical experience is watching the fake trailers and 
everything that came with that, which we actually had saw in the movie theater as well. Cool. Yeah, so that clearly is not on my list. So we did, we broke the mold. We went, <laughs> we went, we went pretty strong. We went like three or four movies, pretty crazy. Well, you you don't know if Dawn of the Dead is on my list though. No, I meant consistently. Like I, I know, we, you still don't know. If, you still don't know if Dawn of the Dead is on my list. But we're skipping because we we have gotten to a movie that I have not watched. You peckerhead. But shitter, it's but, on shitter service. It's, <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> So I'm down to two movies left. So Oh, I have three left. Yeah, well, because I ended up having so many of yours. So <laughs> so I uh my next one is funny enough, another movie that kinda you know broke the mold with the zombie genre. Um, this was something that kind of threw a lot of people off when it first came out. Um I think that it was actually yeah, it was released before Dawn of the Dead. So I would say that this is the movie that kind of <laughs> changed the zombie genre with the running zombies, but they're not zombies. So this movie is 28 Days Later. So this is a movie that all kinds of crazy and and not even over the top crazy. Just it's nuts because you, you yeah. think about the scenario and how eerie that movie starts with nothing going on, not a peep. And this guy is just alone. And then all of a sudden chaos, like pure chaos, you know, adrenaline, like it's essentially just like overly hostile infected people. You know, they're not, they're not brought from the dead, if you will, but the, yeah. it's so contagious, you know, like saliva, you know, like quick, and the and the infection rate, the trans the transition rate was even faster. You know, you get it, that's it, you're in. And unfortunately, it was. Oh, just whoa. Yeah, I know. I got so excited. I <laughs> get very excited. Yeah, I got. I slapped something. It shouldn't have been uh, my mic. Should have been something else. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the first time I remember seeing running infected people, if you will. And, uh, you know, it's, it changed the game in a lot of ways because I think it, ins- I would say it inspired Dawn of the Dead without a doubt, you know, taking the zombies to the next level. Um, there was the sequel 28 weeks later. It's good. It's not as good as the first. Um, and they were always supposed to do a third. Who knows if that'll ever happen at this point. But uh, very enjoyable. Another movie I saw in the theater and, you know, you think back to the early 2000s, you know, internet was just getting into its thing and not everybody had it. Not everybody had full access to everything and the knowledge wasn't there. So like, you know, you read, you knew from reading magazines and from word of mouth and a lot of these movies, you didn't know too, too much about other than the trailers. And that's, that was the joy of going to see a lot of these movies was exploring them for like that first time. And this is one of those. Yeah, I remember watching it. I think I blind bought it on DVD. And I did enjoy it, but I never really went back to it. It's something that I probably should go check out again. And it really didn't... I remember enjoying it, but I just didn't really stick with me. So it's something that I should probably go back to and and watch the sequel also, because the sequel did look good. What I want to do is I want to break this mold a little bit, because I don't want to... 
I think there's a slight chance my next pick could be your number one. I don't really know what your number one is. So I'd rather you just do your number one and then I'll just do my my three after you because I don't want to steal your top top movie. I don't know if it'll be there, but we'll we'll give it a try. Okay. Uh, sure. So my number one is a 2005 film. No, this, is, uh, this, is, this is a director I've spoken about already. This is another movie that changed the scene of horror forever, but was inspired by other movies that were mentioned. This director is Eli Roth, and this movie is Hostel. Wow. Hostel wow. broke the mold, but it changed my way of looking at horror movies. And I watched that movie so much when it came out. Um, Eyeball. That movie meant like it tore me up mentally because just those feelings of helplessness and those moments of distress and in the edge of my seat, like nails in the chair, you know, like, oh my God. Like even after watching it a first and second time, just nerve wracking, the, you know, the, the way some of these tortures happened and how they were doing this stuff and like picturing it in real life, like this could happen. Like, this is not, this is right. not. That's what it makes it seem like it's, it's very much grounded. It tries to be very much grounded in reality. Yeah. Like, it's almost like this could be a doc, you know, like a reimagining of a documentary in a sense of people that were lost. And, you know, we know that there's, people that are you know sold for sex and stuff like that like we know that this type of trafficking happens in real life you know but but to see it at this level you know i mean i'm i'm a horror guy but i was never into that form of horror and i'm still not like i don't like the idea of torture horror and i know it's become a genre but just being in that moment and just you know listening to the screaming, like the pure agony, you know, like you felt them. And it was just something about the movie that just, it just changed the way I looked at horror movies after that. And, you know, for me, a horror movie was always, you know, this, you know, overarching storyline that bends reality in one way or another, whether it be a monster, a virus, that's a little far-fetched, you know, like there wasn't this sense of reality. These, these villains were human humans. They weren't monsters. These are people that you can walk by every single day, you know, and you think about that and you think about and you travel and it's like, you know, you think about that, that sense of, of nervousness. And 2007, when we worked at the retail, retails brought up a lot today for some reason, because this is, this is the year of the decade that we were working together. But um, if you remember, I, was part of a, a cruise with uh, a friend of mine, Sal, you know, well, there was a contest with, with the company and we got to go on a work related cruise and we went to Mexico. And I remember, you know, that day that we were on, you know, off the boat or whatever, doing the excursions, you know, people, Oh, you want to come meet my sister? And like, that's the vibe. Like I got the <laughs> hostel vibe. I'm like, these guys are like trying it and I got very uncomfortable and it's because of this movie experience that like, you know, that sense of realism, like, Oh, like I want to get back on the boat, you know, like that's, that's a scare, you know, like I don't scare easily. 
that not only made me cringe, but it it changed how I take movies in, you know, like I didn't overanalyze anything. I'm just like, holy crap, it's a lot to take in. And then they came out with the sequels that didn't have the same impact, you know, because it's not, you can't reinvent something like that twice. So that's, that's why it's up there because it had that kind of impact more than any of the other movies. They're great, but that, that changed how I look at horror movies. Wow. I'm, I'm learning, learning about you. I'm surprised. I liked, I liked Hostel when it came out. I remember actually uh, even showing it, recommending it to someone because uh, I was short in the theater and then recommending it to someone after the fact when it came out on DVD and uh, they did not like it at all when we watched it. And I'm like, I don't I, I still enjoyed it after the fact. It didn't make my list or my honorable mentions, but everything you say is valid. It did, it did change up some things. I think Saw came first. No, it did. And it was a little, that's, was a, that's was why, a little that, more. That's why I said this was definitely inspired by that. Just yeah. a different level. You know? But I, I remember enjoying it and rewatching it. And, and it definitely gives you that uneasy feeling. And like, this could really happen if you go to one of these European nations or, or in your case, Mexico. <laughs> the Achilles tendon part, man. Yeah. <laughs> never get, I'll never wash that out of my brain, unfortunately. Horrifying. I, so. Uh, it's interesting that that's your topic. I'm a little surprised that my next movie was excluded from your list. Uh, mine came out, technically came out 2007. It actually didn't get out to the masses until 2009. It's an anthology movie that I watch every year around Halloween. And it is themed for Halloween. It is called Trick or Treat. <laughs> As Benny maps it as I'm saying it and uh, I like this movie it, it ended up coming it didn't end up coming out theatrically it took two years for it to come out straight to DVD and I think that's where it really grew its audience it has a ton of practical effects and the uh, director um, Michael uh, Michael Doherty Do- Do- I think his name is Do- Doherty right uh, he's more known for being like a practical effects short, sort, of, sort of guy. He he actually directed the second Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which doesn't use much practical effects. But And then he also did Krampus. So there was a thought that he would do more of, and I love Krampus, but doesn't fit into this show. Uh, he would all the horror movies for the holidays, you know. But right. Trick or Treat is, uh, I would say, in line to, what, what would you say? Like... Uh, Creep show. Yeah, I, I was gonna say creep show, but creep show stories don't interlock to each other, do they? Uh, the third one did. Not the sh- not the traditional movie. Yeah, so trick or treat, each of these are independent stories, but they all tie together. By the end of the movie, they're all tied together. And this introduced a uh, new kind of slasher called Sam. Not quite a slasher, but more of a new horror icon into the world, and he's become quite popular now. Uh, there was even rumor that they would make a sequel for this. I don't think it's necessary. For what it's worth, it's not a crazy. It, it's not a blockbuster in the movie theater, hundred million dollar kind of movie. It 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 looks like a movie that would be made for DVD or something along those lines. But it's a movie I watch every year for Halloween, and I enjoy it. Your thoughts? I like the movie. I've only seen it maybe two times, so it's not a movie that um, 
I don't remember when I watched it. I do. I don't remember the real the the, the story aspect or it, of it or anything like that. But I remember. I forgot that it was actually an anthology. So it's might just been when I watched it. It didn't grasp me. I know of it. Obviously, I know I know the character and I see how popular he's he's become as well. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a movie that grasped me right away to like you know make me watch it multiple times. Maybe different. Might be different now. You know, like yeah. My, point of view is different for a lot of these movies so so my next uh number two is I don't, i'm not sure if you've seen this one either i feel like i've questioned a lot of whether you've seen these movies or not is a 2009 movie that i, I kind of went in with like really low not ex- no expectations for and it is directed by one of, I wouldn't say one of my favorite, but but a a favorite director of mine, following his success on the Spider-Man trilogy. It is directed by Sam Raimi. It's called Drag Me to Hell, where a gypsy, I guess you would say, curses uh, a a bank loan officer, and the, the movie plays out of of her being cursed and her trying to break the curse throughout the rest of the movie. And it's a pretty cool wild ride. And it's such a unique story that I feel like really hasn't been done in anything outside of maybe like a creep show or a twilight zone. You know, it's that kind of story to me at least. And it's got those Ramey-isms with the camera angles and the way he, he pulls shots and zooms in and, you know, some stuff we see in Spider-Man probably reminds me closer to Evil Dead than Spider-Man. But it's a cool movie. It's very underrated. You don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Uh, and again, it's right on that cusp of uh, the end of the decade. It came out in 2009. So a few of my picks are right at the end of the decade. And it was funny enough, it was on my list, you know, it, it, but it wasn't. I didn't want to go crazy with the honorable mentions, obviously, before I knew you had a couple of them, but it was on there. It's it, it's a very good movie, and I watched it back in the day based on your recommendation because it's like I knew of it in the store, like when we worked together, but I didn't know much about it. And then I saw that same, you know, Sam Raimi did it, so it was definitely worth checking out. And yeah, you could see it's his movie all day. Like it's got great yeah. elements that he does. The camera work is obviously the biggest thing, but. Uh, yeah, no, it was definitely enjoyable from uh, from when I remember watching it. I haven't watched it recently, though. Yeah. So that's it. I'm, I got my number one. I mean, I think it's fairly obvious what my number one is based on the foreshadowing earlier in the show. My number one is a remake that Benny already discussed, and it is a Zack Snyder movie, which a lot of people might not like or a lot of people might like. It is 2004's Dawn of the Dead remake, which I prefer to the original movie, which is (gasps) blasphemous for a lot of people, I'm sure. The original movie, to me, Dawn of the Dead, I saw after I saw this, and I enjoyed this more, especially because of the tension, the running zombies, everything. I do happen to like Day of the Dead. I think that may be my favorite Romero, actually, original. Okay. Uh. But the opening scene, like you said, that it's unbelievable. 
the opening scene of this movie, the first, what, 15 minutes or so. Yeah. It, it builds you for a ride that like, all right, fucking strap in. This movie's going to be fuck oh, intense. This is not a horror movie you're used to seeing. Yes. And what's funny is Zack Snyder, you mentioned, but you did not mention who wrote the movie. James Gunn wrote the, the screenplay. I mean, it's based off of George Romero's story. But James Gunn's first screenplay is Dawn of the Dead. So it ties in some of uh, some of our our current favorites, I would say. Yeah, I mean James James Gunn's got a plentiful history. You know, I mean dating back all the way to doing minimum, you know some work with uh, La Troma. You know, and you know me yeah. being a Toxic Avengers stuff like that. So you know, it's cool to see you know that he kind of has some of those elements that he's has, has explored over the years as he's evolved, you know, into the director that he is today. So, right. So he's kind of sort of on my list, even though he's an honorable mention, he's on there twice because Slither, which was almost on the list and backed out. And if I had watched Slither more recently, it probably would be on my list. Cause I remember really liking it, really liking the goofiness of it and, and uh, the alien taking over and all these little fucking leeches. But Dawn of the Dead was the movie that I thought of immediately when we we said we were going to do this episode, and I put it on the top of the list immediately. And then nothing else that I added after in my mind that I think that I prefer to it. And that's basically how it, it became number one by default, to me, at least. This is probably the only one on the list that I wouldn't move around. Uh, Drag Me to Hell is close, but... I, Dawn of the Dead really got me like into the genre I feel like got me really you know like before this I was into the Freddy and the slashers but like really opened my eyes to the zombie genre and then like I feel like the 2000s is really a horror awakening for our sort of generation you know that we, you know we have some of the slashers in the 80s but we didn't really uh, me personally I didn't really go back to those 80s movies until I became an adult and some of the 90s movies, I don't know, maybe for a future show, but I didn't really, nothing really grasp, grabbed me in the 90s when I was a kid. So this like early 2000s and then building really built my love for the genre as a whole and made me go back to the older movies. Seeing this made me go back to see the original and then go from there. That's a good point. I think that's, that's one thing where we do differ because I mean, for me, the 90s horror defined my love more than than this. The, the 80s was a big part of it, but 90s, I was old enough to feel it and appreciate and watch stuff I wasn't supposed to be watching. And, you yeah. know, being being thrown into R-rated movies at a young age was a, a part of this. But like, you know, like I said, if we end up exploring a 90s horror, yeah, I think we should. I think we should if it, if it has that much of a meaning to you, and, and I'd be intrigued to to know, you know, where where your head was at with that stuff. And I'm sure I could dive into it and find some. They might not be, you know, my favorites of of all time, but favorites of that decade, basically right. what we're doing. But the one of the dead, I would say, you know, would be up there in my favorites of all time, honestly, for for horror. I'd say two two of my top tens of all time would be in the nineties. So, oh, well, yeah, that's save that for another foreshadowing. 
There you go. But this was fun. We we had some some similarities, some differences, but overall, uh, good takes on on both sides. And I think that there's plenty to come. So we hope you enjoyed. We appreciate your time as always. Till next time. Take care now. Bye bye then. Oh, Billy. If you are thinking of going into this house, don't. If you are thinking of opening this door, don't. If you are thinking of checking out the basement, don't. Don't look behind. Don't look in there. Don't look up. Don't look anywhere. Don't scream for help. Don't move. Don't even breathe. Don't. 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 If you are thinking of seeing this film alone, don't. Don't.